why are we still eating leftover turkey? Has Breaking Bad increased tourism to Albuquerque? We're starting off this episode of Answer Me This by talking about one of the things that Ollie Mann loves the most. No, not musicals. No, Disney. Not wanking. No. Not wanking whilst watching Disney musicals. <laughs> no, we do. No. Percy Pigs. Oh, I do love oh. those. Yeah. Emily from Winchester says, I like Ollie Mann. Mm. I'm a massive fan of Marks and Spencer's Percy Pigs. Is that as in your fandom is massive, or you yourself have a massive waistline as a result of being a fan of Percy Pigs? Those are very synergistic. Yes, yes, could be both. Good uh, point. I went into Sainsbury's the other day, says Emily, to find they've completely ripped off MS by selling. Eric the Elephant, a pink booty <laughs> elephant sweet with chewy jelly ears. Outrageous. They even offer an Eric and Friends selection with cola-flavoured monkeys. What? Only Percy is allowed to have friends. Practically identical to Percy Pig and Pals. No one had pals before Percy. Well, Percy wouldn't be friends with monkeys because Percy is friends with farm animals. It's nothing if not consistent. <laughs> so, Ollie, answer me this. Mm. Why did Sainsbury's do this? Um, capitalism well, Sainsbury's <laughs> has got their own brand of fizzy cola bottles and they were probably a branded item before Sainsbury's got hold of them maybe yeah, they're yeah. just arch sweet knocker offers actually I mean you know let's be honest cola bottles existed before as well before Marks and Spencers came along and Colin the Caterpillar fucked them up the ass. I mean you know this is a mutually uh, exchangeable industry isn't it there's lots of idea swapping before that amoeba walked on land <laughs> cola bottles existed um, I mean look although it's true that Percy Pigs are a USP or were a USP of Marks and Spencer, one of the reasons people go there. Mm. Uh, th- those are the very things, aren't they, Emily, that uh, supermarkets are bound to want to imitate. Yeah. Got, you know, they want to take away the USPs. They want them to just be SPs. It's like Facebook ripping off Snapchat yes. and now Skype. Uh, although there is one crucial fundamental difference here. Uh, Percy mm. Pigs are so-called because they do contain pork gelatin. Oh, I and very much doubt Eric the Elephant has <laughs> elephant gelatin in it. So I, I think the fact that it doesn't have elephant extract in it does mean that in some way Percy Pig is not only the original, but the authentic of the two. What would Waitrose have if oh, they ripped it off? Higher class of animal, obviously. Yeah, and what, a racehorse? Yeah. <laughs> it have Frankel feet. What's, what's Frankel? He's the most valuable racehorse in is the he? world. Is he? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, from uh, a very serious and delicate food stuff to a lesson on food etiquette, uh, it's from John in Great Ayton. He says, when eating with a spoon, I think we've all been there, haven't we? Oh, yeah. We've all done that. I've done that. I haven't yeah. eaten Percy Pigs with a spoon. No, neither have Manual. I. It's only a matter of time, though, sadly. Soup, ice cream, <laughs> uh, The natural way to hold the spoon is with the bowl in a U position. A U position. As opposed to an N position. That's, that's a silly way of distinguishing. I think he means holding the bowl so it's convex rather than concave. Uh, this is sensible, he says, as you wouldn't hold much food on the spoon if it were upside down. Well observed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With a fork, again, the best way to hold it to place food in your mouth is with the tines in a U position. Or in the scoop position. <laughs> so, Helen, answer me this. Why? 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 Is it considered rude to eat with a fork with it in the natural you position? Well, this is quite an upper class table manner. And I've, got, I've never heard that that's rude. Well, you're not upper class, are you? I've been, I, well, I've been to posh car club dinners. I've been to Oxford University. I've never heard anyone once say 
you need to not have a fork in the natural scooping the scoop. position. The scoop. So what are you supposed to do? Just squish it on the yes. end and then, like yeah. a gardener, pile it into your mouth like mud on the end of a fork? No, it's not on the end of the fork. You're supposed to... Things like peas, instead of scooping them, is illogical. You're meant to cross them on the back of the onto fork. Onto the back? I wonder... That's mm. just obscene. Yeah, well, it is. But I wonder whether this is an upper-class thing because they're like, we're not animals. Let's make this as difficult as we can. Or are these things actually all just pointless differentials yes. of class? Yes. They're a way of laughing at, like in that scene in Titanic, you know, when Kathy Bates sits at the table. Or, or in that... That scene in the sitcom Game On, where they visit a fancy country house and Samantha Janus unknowingly cuts the nose off the cheese and oh, it's yeah. very shameful, but then she pisses all over the bathroom or something. Oh yeah, no, that's a much better reference, yeah. isn't it, than one of the biggest what? films of all time. Stay yeah, just mention a sitcom from the 90s that no one remembers. Brilliant. No, well, well done. Hello, this is David from Camden. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Why don't dishwashers have little windows so you can see what's going on inside? Is it like a top secret thing? Yeah, that's right, David. It's the greatest show on earth and they don't want you to know about it. <laughs> I'd never thought about it before. Because it's you... a boring show. <laughs> but when you see all the innovations that they are putting into washing machines and dishwashers, yeah. some of them, frankly, entirely unnecessary, like being able to set your washing machine on your phone when you're on the bus on the way home. Oh, God. Or getting a QR code embedded on it so that you can see the instruction manual on your iPad. Or having and... a TV screen stuck in your microwave. Exactly. Actually... I mean, in the grand scheme of things, a, an opaque door, that uh, might actually be quite a useful thing, well, might it not? Well, you know what's in dishwashers? Really, really hot water. And what does that produce? Steam. So yeah. for a lot of it, you wouldn't be able to see anything. And also, keeping that clean, that would be very difficult. It'd be covered in soap scum and lime scale all the time. Okay, so why is that different to a washing machine? Well, a washing machine is a much smaller area. A dishwasher door takes up the whole of the front of the appliance and yeah. is made out of much more lightweight materials than glass would be. Also, I'm going to say something that you'll probably think is stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway because that's our format. That. Yeah. <laughs> In a washing machine, the clothes get wet and they effectively wipe the, the screen clean for oh, you. I love this theory. Whereas the plates, they just sit they on just their asses, not yeah. helping. So actually the steam well, would just travel up. Yeah, if the, t- the temperature sounds like an issue because you normally run a washing machine at 40 degrees, don't you? Or you, or you try to run it at a lower temperature. What, what temperature do dishwashers run at? I think some of them go up to 90 and then you've got 90 hot, degrees. The, the hot air to um, to dry off the dishes. What's that going to produce? As anyone knows who wears glasses and you open a dishwasher at the end of the cycle, fogging! Right. Listen, David, just get yourself like the full package of TV channels instead and you won't worry about this anymore. Anyway, here's a question from Jack from Leeds who says, Ollie, answer me this. Is it possible to wear a bow tie other, Obviously. Than, other than in evening wear yeah. without looking like an arse? Only if you're over 60 and or black. Okay. What about if you are a 24-year-old TV runner? Black? No. No. What about if you are a magician? Black? No. Over 60? No. No. What about if you're a tiny child? Black? (laughs) Potentially. (laughs) Yes. Straightforward. Those are the rules. Do you think um, the colonel looks stupid? Well, that's a different era, isn't it? And we're talking about 2013. Do you think that the Chippendales look stupid? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, that's pretty much my fashion icon, actually, the Chippendales. Yeah. Underneath your shirt, you're wearing collar and cuffs yeah. and nothing. <laughs> uh, when I was eight years old, I had the spinning bow tie. Because you the, were cool. Oh, yeah. I had the water squirting bow tie. Because you're into tech then, you're into tech now. Was I black? No. Still <laughs> Was not. I over 60? No. So even though it sounds cool, Helen, I'm sure it wasn't. I think the fashion choices of a lot of children are quite similar to those of the over 60s. Mm, romper suit. What are yeah. they called? Onesies, that yeah. thing. That's odd, isn't fashion it? Fashion icon of the year, the onesie. Apparently onesie sales have gone up 
40 or 50 percent in that's not really surprised because presumably no one thought to buy an adult yes. romper suit before bloody harry styles wore one it's a ridiculous idea isn't it it's yeah. so ridiculous and it's so infantilizing and yes. i'm someone who likes him to be infantilized yeah you but pay somebody I... <laughs> to uh, to change your nappy don't you exactly but even i wouldn't wear a romper suit so you would not wear a romper suit with a bow tie no <laughs> no way but a black guy over 60 <laughs> smoking up stevie wonder in that sensational i've got the question then email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com 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 Time for a question from Nidhi, who says, Recently, I completed an internship. Good. Good to complete it, isn't it? Better than ducking out of the internship. That would be bad for your future employment prospects. Uh, And on one of the work nights out, my senior manager's best friend, who worked elsewhere, tried it on with me. He said, You're 21 and too young to be in a relationship. You should be having fun. And if you wanted to have some fun, I'm not saying specifically with me, but you could come home and have some fun with me. It's not subtle, but it's also not direct enough to be sweeping her off her feet. No, that's right, yeah. It's kind of crap in both ways. I think that's right. If you're going to step in as the older man with the intern, you actually have to make quite a bold offer, don't you? Yeah, rather than being uh, the loser lech, the worst kind. (laughs) Uh, I obviously ran away, says Nitty. And any other time I met him... He'd always greet me in ways such as, Hi, gorgeous, you look hot. How's the boyfriend? This guy does not know how to talk to people. Recently, she says, I interviewed for a different job and he turned out, somehow, to be my interviewer. Oh! And my new boss, if I got the job. Unlucky. Needless to say, it was horrifically awkward and the interview was a complete shambles. The only way it would have been more awkward would be if I'd actually slept with him. Well, you don't know because you haven't tried that. Yeah. Maybe that would have been a real icebreaker. Well, I don't know. His approaches are awkward enough in the first place. I imagine that the sleeping process would have been awkward too. I think he'd made it awkward because I think going into that room, you would automatically feel awkward even if he didn't. Even if he'd completely forgotten, you were going to feel extreme tension. Mm. having survived his octopus paws. Well, okay, so maybe there's no solution around this. She says, Helen, answer me this. How are you supposed to have an interview with someone who's tried to sleep with you? I think call in a third party to properly monitor it. Yeah, but you can't just, as you walk in, if you don't realise he's going to be there, whoop, whoop, sound the alarm, this man tried to sleep with me. I mean, that's not reasonable, is it? I guess if you knew in advance, you could flag it up, but then, even then, how do you verbalise that? How do you say... He knows that he tried to sleep with you. You can't say to him, oh, it's come to my attention that you once tried to sleep with me, so I think we should put in precautions. I mean, they didn't sleep together, did they? He was just flirting. That's not illegal. I suppose he's continually flirting and she must be feeling somewhat harassed by it. Yeah, but let's not judge this guy too much because he wasn't harassing her, at least in a work environment. He was harassing her as her (laughs) boss's friend. Oh, it's fine. He probably didn't realise that he was going to end up being a potential future boss. Probably if he had realised that, if he had realised that he had to be professional, he wouldn't have done this. He was just trying to get his end away. He's probably as awkward as you are. So we don't know if she got the job, though. It would be interesting to know because maybe on his side he'd be like, oh... If I give her the job, I can lecture at her every day. I don't like to use the cunt word on the podcast. You do. But the guy, he's a bit of a cunt. It's completely inappropriate. She's, Why? She's now in a position where she can't interview for a now, job that she wants. Now? Because he was, he's 
basically been latching onto it. Yeah, now, but I mean, you'd be in the position that you couldn't go and apply for a job if someone had listened to you on this podcast, saying what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, in the scenario when you said it originally, you didn't know that would be the circumstance. He was friends with her boss. Well, that's, that's true. inappropriate in itself. Uh, it's not just a random dude in a club. That's a totally different situation. He was using his position of authority to let a young intern up. That's really powerful week. Maybe. I still think if one of my boss's friends had come on to me, it wouldn't occur to me that that would be an abuse that, of power. It's not the same as the boss. Because you were a bloke. <laughs> and also, she's 21. Yeah. It's and the- you're 31. The problem that uh, she has had is that he's not let up. He's not taken her disinterest and let her go. Every time she bumps into him, she says he's been yeah. continuing the uh, suggestive remarks. And therefore, he's probably not capable of judging her as a candidate divorcing his feelings about her attractiveness but he's been judging her on her attractiveness which is not how you should judge a work candidate you open the door the man's there who's been cracking onto you what can you do I think you have to be quite bold and direct and perhaps seize the control in that situation and say I I hope this interaction is not going to be uh, similar to our previous ones because this is a business environment and I hope you treat it as one as I shall be wow yeah, I, as you can tell, I don't go in a business environment very often. <laughs> Hello, Helen Lolly. It's Amy here from Plymouth. Um, I was in London on the weekend with lovely friends Helen and Lorraine, and spending quite a bit of time travelling on the tube. I saw um, stopped at stations like Bond Street and Whitechapel, etc. And it got to me to thinking about the Monopoly board. Um, so, Helen and Lolly, answer me this: How were the places on the Monopoly board chosen? As obviously, there's lots more places in London that aren't included. Well, yes, if they included all of London streets, then uh, it would take uh, perhaps all of your life to get around the Monopoly board because there'd be, what, about 23,000 squares of inner London and own. But what happened was, uh, when Waddington's decided to steal the American idea of Monopoly, in 1935, its general manager, Victor Watson, and his secretary came down from Leeds to London and uh, they spent a day canvassing people in the city to find out what streets, I suppose, were in the public consciousness because the game had to be uh, sold uh, to people that didn't just live in those streets and also which ones kind of corresponded to the values that they needed to place. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Because that's the because the thing is, I mean, there are some roads there that are sort of famous. Oh, like, yeah. Like if, Old Kent Road. Yeah. Park, but it, but Park those, Lane. But, yeah, but no, but that's what I'm going to say. That's not as famous as Park Lane, is it? Yeah, but it doesn't so, cost as much Exactly, either. exactly. So it's not... But if they just asked for what are the 12 most popular well-known roads in London, Old Kent Road wouldn't be there, but then they needed one at the beginning of the board. Well, Old Kent Road might have been there because it was in music hall songs and it's a very long arterial road. And yet there are some really weird inclusions like Vine Street, Coventry Street. Yeah, Coventry never Street heard of... tiny. I've never heard of Vine Street. Well, I think there are a few of them and they're all pretty insignificant. Yeah. None of them are Fleet Street or Pall Mall. And also Pall Mall and Whitehall are very cheap. Yeah. Ridiculous. I know things Although have changed. It's, it's but... true, though, that Mayfair, Oxford Street, Regent Street, they would be worth more than Pall Mall, wouldn't they? I don't think Pall Mall would be worth less than Oxford Street. You don't see golf sales on Pall Mall. <laughs> you don't, as a general rule, <laughs> that's true. Fenchurch Street is a slightly weird choice of station, isn't it? Yeah, where is that? I don't even know where that is. Some people who work for Ordnance Survey decided to work out where Go was. So they triangulated where it would be in between Mayfair and Old Kent Road and they came up with Lambeth North Station. Yeah, you yeah. don't get £200 for passing Lambeth North Station, do you? It depends whether you're a drug dealer. <laughs> I have always considered a design flaw in Monopoly is when you buy one house, it fits on the coloured block. Mm. When you buy two houses, it fits on the coloured block. Oh. You can see where I'm going with this. When you buy three, it fits on the coloured block, and when you buy a hotel, it fits on the coloured block. But oh. when you buy four, if you've got four on each one, it kind of bleeds onto the board a bit, and it starts getting tripped over by the pieces. Why don't they just make the coloured blocks a bit bigger? It's a square. Or the houses smaller. No, you don't want the houses to be any smaller. I think this is a problem of wealth, Ollie. 
when you're complaining that your houses are too numerous to fit. I can't fit my fourth home onto my street. No, but all I'm saying is that bit in the middle of the board is kind of wasted space, isn't it? Whereas they could extend that a bit. Put a few parklands in there as well. That's the other thing. I, you know, if you were a millionaire, wouldn't it be nice to reinvest back in the city? Big society. Well, I understand they are building a branch of Westfield in the middle of every Monopoly board. <laughs> <laughs> wasted space, after all. I really don't like Monopoly. Last time I played Monopoly, my friend stole all of my cards because I'd bought a load of stations and she claimed she was renationalising the railways. <laughs> Refuse to give them back. This is why you don't play Monopoly with lefties, Martin. You pick the most (laughs) capitalist friends and play with them. Yeah. I thought that I would never love again. Oh, no! I went on to the internet and then... What then? I found a place where all true love lasts. www.answermedispodcast.com Here's a question from Laura from Southampton who says, I was listening to the radio whilst doing my college work on Sunday. Why? There's podcasts, Laura. Get with the programme. Programme radio frees you from the tyranny of choice. Mm. What about one of your own fine music podcasts, Martin? Yeah, you can listen to the the latest podcasts. Yeah, well, she's not, is she? So there. I was flicking between Radio 1 and Capital... And they both had their chart shows on. Yeah, the Vodafone Big Top 40, as I believe it's called on Capital. Really? Yeah. Also, I, I mean, obviously I'm listening to Pinar's Politics when it's on. And who's number one with Pinar? Uh, I reckon Bojo. He's the interview you want, right. isn't he? Oh, I sigh inwardly when it's a Liberal Democrat. At the end, each chart had a different number one. So Ollie answered me this. Which chart tells you the real number one? And does the other chart just make up their number one? Yeah, yeah, they just make it up. They just, they just think, oh, let's go for that one. I think I'm in the mood for some Prokofiev at number one today. <laughs> um, no, they are both based on data, as you might right. expect. But as you point what out, the- different data. Is one of them sales and one of them airplay or something? OK, the easy thing is the Radio 1 chart. That is based on the official charts company chart. That is the official chart based on sales. Based on sales and sales alone. Including- Physical and download. OK, good. Right. Uh, it doesn't include, they reckon, on estimate, 1% of all singles sold, which are sold in shops that don't count as a major retailer so for example if i don't know your local news agent gets 20 copies of the new x factor winner's single then that might not count but basically it counts in most major retailers which includes itunes it's because the retailers have to have a special thing that uh, feeds back to the record company exactly yes sale. daily information on it. that's also linked to the barcode on the single so it doesn't count um pirated sales well, you know, when someone burns CDs and takes them down the pub. <laughs> I don't think so, Helen. Mm, that's unfair, isn't Maybe it? Maybe one day in the future, though, eh? Mm, um, the way things are going. Well, they are talking about streaming, of course. They've started measuring streaming, but they haven't done anything with that information yet. They say they want to do an official streaming chart first. I think that's a bit different, isn't it? Because that's like measuring how many times you replayed your Bross single. Exactly, what constitutes a sale. Mm. Although I think, actually, if you do listen to something, say, ten times, I think that probably does count as a level of affection as much as it would as if you'd have bought it in the measuring affection. You cannot well, put a number tough, on affection. Well, which is why they haven't done it yet. Yeah. So, okay, so that's the Radio 1 chart, pure and simple sales. Pure and simple's at number one again. <laughs> Everything yeah, comes reunion. round. <laughs> Mylene's never going to agree. She's got a career. <laughs> um, but the capital chart... Uh, for for many years, that used to be a combination of airplay and retail sales. So what mm. they used to do is numbers 40 through to 11 were a mix of airplay and sales so that they could make sure, basically, that they didn't have to play the Bee Gees or Status Quo on Capital. They'd only play songs that fitted their brief. What a fix. Yeah. And then 10 to 1, they'd still obey the same chart as Radio 1. And yet, she and yet, says, different number ones. That's right, because, as Laura has noted, uh, they have recently changed this 
nowadays they still have 40 through to 11 are the mix of airplay and sales right. data but 10 to 1 is now the iTunes chart. Uh, so that's why they say it's the chart that you can affect whilst you listen because we don't lock down the chart until 6pm. So oh, is that just because uh, they don't really pay anybody to line things up beforehand so they just get some temp in at 6pm? To, to look at iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly. It's Scott Fry uh, from Swindon. Helen O'Holly, answer me this. Where did the name Rizzler originate from the Rolling Papers? This is a very old brand, actually, uh, by the Lacroix family in France. They were the cigarette rolling paper dynasty. And in 1866, they changed the paper to rice paper, which is uh, riz in French. Mm. And then the la was uh, for La Croix and then they had a little cross symbol that is still at the end of Rizzler and that's for ah, the Croix Good God I had no idea it was even French never mind that it had this sophisticated heritage I didn't know that it was French either because I associate it with people who uh, love to roll the joints which I don't associate with France particularly No So it's, it's actually should be pronounced La Croix No one ever pronounces the cross do they? What happens? Ah, But that would be like saying Helen Amber Sandoli wouldn't it? At some point, you've got to let it go. Here's a question from Cordelia in Worcester Park, who says, Ollie, answer me this. What is the inside of a Milky Way chocolate bar made out of? <laughs> Today, a girl in my class said it was sweet tofu, and another girl assured me it was indeed this substance. Yeah, they're winding you up. It could have some element of soy in it, because that is used as padding in a lot of confectionery. Yeah, but it doesn't. Okay. Is it like sugary syrup with egg in it? It's like, nougat. It's nougat, yeah. yeah. Nougat. Nougat. Yeah. Nugget. It's, I've never actually said that word out loud, so I don't know how to say it. You're nougat. To say nougat. 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 It's Nougat. Unless you're in I'll the be Midlands. watching Nougat tonight with Zooey Deschanel. <laughs> um, yeah, it's chocolate malt Nougat. And it's covered yeah. with milk chocolate. That's what's in it. It's the same, essentially, isn't it, as in a Mars bar, but a bit more whipped up? Yes, well, it was created by the same man, Mr Mars. But what I didn't realise... Uh, is that uh, I just always assumed that Mars and Milky Way, since they're both made by Mars, mm. uh, that it was a deliberate pun on Mars and the solar system. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not. Oh. It's coincidence. And isn't that weird, bearing in mind that Mars is named after a man called Mars? Maybe he didn't like the space connection to be made much of. He was well, embarrassed. Then, but then it's all over their branding, So what it? do they call it Milky Way? They called it Milky Way because it's got chocolate malt in it and a popular chocolate malt milkshake in the 50s was called Milky Way no way no it was called Milky Way Martin <laughs> and they really like the song My Way and the word ilk <laughs> that is a really weird coincidence that is a weird coincidence yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it uh, but I think now when they have galaxy planets as well that, that definitely right, they've built yeah, it up point. Yeah, there's yeah. not galaxy. a man called Galaxy they named it after their favourite car the Ford Galaxy they named it after their favourite film Galaxy Quest <laughs> uh, well whilst we're talking about such wholesome uh, origins of words uh, here's or one creamy substances <laughs> Uh, here's one from Andy in Inverness uh, who says Helen answer me this why is a wank called a wank <laughs> who came up with this word well it's it's not known who came up with it because it is a slang word of obscure origin uncertain origin it says in my yeah. Collins concise English dictionary and I don't believe those who suggest that it's a portmanteau word of wang whack but it could be a slightly corrupted pronunciation of either of those words I speculate as to whether because it seems to be a word of the last 50 years um, whether maybe it was something that troops picked up during the war. So, like, you'd hear Americans say, whack off, and then you can imagine Cockneys kind of turning that into wank off. Well, beds were known in World War Two as wank pits, but what? Uh, but the word was around in the 1800s when, oh. it, yeah, when it meant a person who was weak and sickly, and being weak and sickly was what happened to you if you wanked too much. There's not a great deal of false etymology around on the internet about this, which, considering it is such a huge slang word, uh, is it's, quite surprising. It's an acronym. I, I thought maybe we should invent our own. Uh, I thought maybe we could say that it was named after Roland A. Wank, the Hungarian modernist architect. Roland A. Wank. <laughs> he he only died in 1970, so he must have found out. 
before he died what it meant. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I'm living in a wank house. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm the monk out of 90s band Enigma. Helen, answer me this. Why I What was that all about? Here's a question from Richard from Rayleigh, who says, Someone bought me some keyrings from the Olympic Park shop. And so when I subsequently went to the Olympic Park shop, I saw the other keyrings from the set, and I wanted them all, and I spent £72 on keyrings. <laughs> Ollie, answer me this. Am I an idiot for buying the overpriced shit of the Olympic Park shops? Um, no, you're susceptible, aren't mm. you? But um, I suppose you've created a collection there, and uh, it probably won't be worth more than you paid for it, but uh, at least it's complete. It is a collection, but he amassed it in one shopping trip and one gift. Mm. So there's no thrill of the chase there. That's the thing, at least with the pins, which are equally ridiculous, there is the thrill of the chase because you have to swap yeah. with other people to get the full collection. You can't just buy them ready-made. I think you misunderstand his motivation here. You, you, you're um, viewing him as a collector. I think he's not, he's not a collector. I think, like a hoarder, he's someone who's got a series of objects which represents an emotional time and state to him. He's trying to hold on to that wonderful time over the summer that we all enjoyed well now he's going to remember the keyrings more than the sporting events he's going mm. to look at those keyrings and think that's 72 quid i could have spent on other things but he's never going to lose his keys is he <laughs> he, he might well he might struggle to find the keys amongst the massive bunch of keyrings that he's carrying around in any case you've got a long way to go before you equal the record of brent dixon of georgia from the united states uh, who currently has the world's largest collection of keychains Keychains. Keychains, which is the overall umbrella category, including key oh, rings. really? Yes. Huh. Care to guess how many? 36,152. Uh, 41,418. Why? Wow. Why? <laughs> how? And where, do you, where does he keep them all? Are they on display? Does he sort of have a chainmail house? Here's a question from Austin from London, who says, My girlfriend Maria and I were watching This Is It, the Michael Jackson documentary, and some random came on to do the rap in black or white. Mm. We've tried Googling the rapper, but all that comes up is the songwriter Bill Bottrell. So, Ollie, answer me this. Who did the rap in black or white? Well, obviously, we all know it was Macaulay Culkin, really. Yeah, surprisingly Um, deep voice for a pubescent. But if you actually look into who did the rap on the record, Mm. it is quite complicated. There is a trail of clues. It's credited to a rapper called LTB. Okay. Okay. And so is that little dirty bastard? Um, it doesn't say what it is. Um, there's no information really about LTB being at the recording session. So you think, okay, is this an alias? Is it Michael Jackson doing his real speaking voice? <laughs> well, rather than his stupid gerbil voice. Well, this is, I, I wonder because um, you look into LTB. Strangely, to confuse the picture, there is now a rapper called LTB. But reading his biography, he says that he was inspired by Eminem and DMX. So I think, okay, <laughs> so, so many acronyms. So I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> and LFO <laughs> so and th- the London Symphony Orchestra and the AT&T I think it's unlikely that it's him because he sounds a bit young but mm-hmm. it does also say in his bio that he started rapping when he was 14 and then you think oh hold on 
Then we're in Michael Jackson territory, aren't we? Or, or, Could he have taken a 14-year-old rapper under his wing, not credited him, but used him in the studio? So it's still possible. Like, the guy could still only be 34 and have been 14 when Black or White was made. How old is he? Well, it doesn't say. So this is oh. why I complain. But, but I think it's highly unlikely that So someone... if LTB is now 22, your theory is... My theory is... Like, no, 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 it's not my theory. My theory is it's not him. But what I'm saying okay. is that's the red herring. Like, you Google LTB and you find a rapper and people are like, oh, it's this guy. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that guy. Could it be another Jackson? Well... I think, Latoya. Uh, <laughs> I think it probably is the writer Bill Botterill because there weren't that many people in the studio when they wrote it. It was basically him and Jackson. I think it probably was him. And also, if you look on the li- liner notes, LTB is also credited with doing the voice of the dad at the beginning who says, turn it down, turn it down, mm. when the kid's playing the loud music. Again, that points towards middle-aged man at the time. So a bit of homework for you listeners. Go and try and find some other samples of Bill Bottrell doing vocal work and see if you can make them tally. <laughs> what I didn't remember about the video was that Michael Jackson is wearing a bandage like Keith Lemon on his hands. <laughs> yes. Which, yeah. Well, the amount he rubs his crotch in the video, I can understand why he might have got repetitive strain in his wanking hand. Uh, hello, this is Greg Carter in Durham. Um, I'm telling Ollie answer me this. I've just walked past one of the two that we have in our tiny city and I was wondering with the icing that they put on the chocolates and the message you can see you know I love you and all the rest of it would they write something like I'm sorry I fucked your sister um, I would go into the store and ask uh, that there are normally small children around are there really two Thorntons in Durham I mean there isn't even one in Victoria Station now and that's about as big as yeah. Durham Town Centre yeah Anyway, um, according to the Thorntons website, Greg, uh, this is their legal disclaimer. Please note, we reserve the we Thorntons reserve the right to reject any icing messages if they're deemed to contain offensive language or are defamatory in nature. Mm. So I think sorry I fucked your sister does probably fall into that category. You're going to have to think of a different way to say sorry. They probably would just say sorry, wouldn't they? But. I know from experience that they do not like a long message such as this. I think they prefer it to be under 15 characters, really, because it's fiddly when it's small. Well, is it a free service when you go into the shop, the icing? Yeah, well, of course, they're not going to want to put on six words when they could put on one. You could say sorry about your sister. Being fucked by me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you just save that for the little ribbon you tie on the present. (laughs) If you get the alphabet truffles, which are individual truffles, then what you could do is you could ask for, sorry I deck your tyre fuss which is an exact anagram of Sorry I Fucked Your Sister, and they just rearranged the letters. Do you think they wouldn't find that a bit strange? Well, it doesn't say that, uh, please note, we reserve the right to reject any strange icing messages, Martin. It says only defamatory and offensive, whereas Sorry I Deck Your Tire Fuss is not defamatory or offensive. But it can be with a little rearranging. (laughs) See? I'll tell you what, though. I reckon... 20 quid under the counter, you could they'll write whatever you like. What I assume is you can't take anything else into the Thorntons and get it iced. No, that really would be taking the piss, wouldn't it? Well. Your, your chocolate's not great, but we love the icing. Can I just have the free icing service on this Cadbury's cream egg, please? Can you write all over my face, please? <laughs> There's only one way we're going to find out the intricacies of Thornton's icing policy, and that, listeners, is if you go in and test it out. Go do that. Let we us know you, what yeah. you can sneak through. Send us yeah. the evidence. Send us pictures, yes, please. And we'll put them up on our website, which is answermethispodcast.com where you can also head to send us a question via email, phone or Skype. And also you can find our first 120 episodes and our albums. Bye! Bye.